Today on the ZabeCast, get your butts back to work. Three days of drinking, barbecue, eating, laying about. We got the Stanley Cup final to talk about. We got Warriors versus LeBron part four. We've got Drew Olson from Milwaukee, and we've got Amy Schumer's insane podcast deal. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Tuesday, May 29, 2018. How are you? Hope you had a good weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Our weather here in the D.C. area was pretty much shit, and I don't want to complain too much about the weather because it was a weekend in which we were supposed to reflect on men and women who died for this beautiful country. So they would, I'm sure, anyone uh, be glad to be uh, in weather that sucks. So, yeah, I'll just shut up about that. But it hadn't been very good weather. And, of course, the good folks of Ellicott City, Maryland, got washed out, I mean, obliterated by flash flooding for the second time in three years. I'm sure you've seen the photos by now. Ellicott City is a very historic, unique, kitschy, niche little town up near Baltimore. And they got wiped out in 2016, and they got wiped out again with a huge downpour over the weekend. So, not fun there. Okay, could be worse. Stop complaining. I'll complain more about landscaping and hot weather with Drew in a second. Summary, Caps-Knights game. Let's go. Ready? Game one, A, exciting. B, the outcome sucked. C, the ice was terrible. D, the referees were shit. And that's pretty much the the net-net of it. Game two is Wednesday night, and it is a must-win. Yeah, don't accuse me of being cliched. Oh, the series doesn't start until the road team wins a game. No, not necessarily. Wait till you hear the numbers later on with Drew about what it takes, uh, you know, the, the chances of winning the Stanley Cup if you were to lose the first two games, even if it is on the road, and theoretically the series does not, quote, start until the road team wins a game. The Wilson hit's going to be talked about a lot. Going to be talked about a lot, and look, it was a dirty hit, period, full stop. Was it a suspendable hit? That's for the league's Office of Player Safety or OPS, or the Ops office to determine. The hit occurred if it's, I know people are going to say what one doesn't matter versus the other, but it does matter in this regard. The non-call on the Reeves cross-check of Carlson that led to the doorstep, bunny, buried, top-shelf, go-ahead goal was the predecessor. The predecessor? It was the predecessor. It was the precinct. The, what am I thinking of? It's the uh, uh, killing me for a word right now. That was what set the game off in the direction that it got shortly after that non-call was made. The Capitals were pissed. Wilson was pissed. And he went and took a run at Marcheseau. And he hit him late, a couple seconds late. Yes, shoulder to shoulder, but his head did snap and whip to the side. He did hit the ice hard, and he was taken off for concussion protocol, came back in the game, but there could be lingering effects. Who knows? But it was when Ryan Reeves cross-checked Carlson right in the back, right in front of the net, knocked him to the ground, and then buried the go-ahead goal. That was when the Caps were like, okay, well, what the fuck then? I guess we can just do whatever we want out here. Because there had been a number of other hits during the game that were not called. This is what's frustrating sometimes about 
the big-time sports, whether it's the NBA or the NFL or the NHL, is that the championship games are not officiated the same as the rest of the regular season. I actually looked this up. Power play opportunities, on average, in the regular season are three per team. In this game, there's only one power play opportunity for each team. So they were four power play opportunities behind what is an average NHL game. And this was an intense, hard-hitting, and sometimes chippy game. It's for the Stanley Cup. You can understand that, right? So the whist- the referees basically swallowed their whistle and they said, we're going to let him play. And Ryan Reeves, being the big friggin' tank that he is, God, that guy's big, said, okay, watch this. Bam! Cross-check, goal. You didn't see nothing. And I'm not complaining that the refs got the short end of the calls. There was plenty of plays in which you go, hey, that should have been a penalty on us. And the Wilson thing was not called a penalty at first. And then the referees, during the ensuing melee, huddled up and figured out, okay, we've got offsetting minors. Now, I still don't know. I haven't watched. I'll watch it later today. There's a cross-check on Ovechkin that drew a two-minute the other way. When did that happen? How did that happen? Was that after Marcia So got flattened by Wilson? I don't know. Wilson's hit was dirty. He has a reputation. The league is going to be compelled to perhaps do something. And I'm afraid they could give him a one-game suspension. And if not one, maybe more than one? I don't know. But it was all predicated because the referees let the game get out of hand. High tempo, high intensity. Uh, Vegas is super fast. They're very buzzy. I mean, they they buzz the net, and that's their greatest strength. Ovechkin was mostly a non-factor, which can happen in games. It's easy to rip a guy. Where was Ovechkin last night? He was mostly not a factor. T.J. Oshie. Gah. My God. Everyone loves T.J. Oshie. I love T.J. Oshie. His two assists, the first one was a... Uh, a wraparound that actually blew up on his stick and then ended up into a perfect pass to a cutting Nicholas Backstrom. Backstrom. But the other one was a wraparound hook pass with the most deft touch possible, almost no look, to a you know to Carlson who was floating in and was perfectly in the slot and then just buried a wide open backhander. Gorgeous, gorgeous goals. Holtby was really good. He was a little out, out of kilter at times. The first goal I thought was kind of soft. Uh, he was partially screened, but he should have been in position to make that save. Uh, I know that, uh, what's his name, uh, who scored the first goal? I've got my handy chart here, by the way. I printed out all the, uh, if, I, if I see the name, I'll know. Colin Miller. Miller's got a cannon. Millen, Miller's got a cannon. He's got a howitzer, and first goal's a little bit soft. But it was a fun game. It was a fun game, but guess what? If the refs are going to swallow their whistle and things are going to get out of hand, then things are going to get out of hand. Also, somebody sent me a video of what would have been the game tying goal at 5-5, which would have been nuts late in the game with the Capitals skating 6-on-5 with the goalie uh, with the net empty. Uh, Braden McNabb for the Knights used a two-handed chop on Lars Eller and Lars Eller's stick for what would have been an open net doorstep bunny put in to tie the game. Now, technically, you can get a slashing penalty for slashing another player's stick, especially if you break it, and especially if you knock it out of a guy's hand, and especially if you you know bring your two hands, both hands, down towards the knob of the stick 
like a baseball bat and you swing it excessively. That will be called slashing. This was not called. And truthfully, it was right on the borderline. It was not a dangerous play because he did kind of chop down on the blade and on the neck of Eller's stick. It was a hell of a hustle effort at just the right time that kept the game from being tied and perhaps going into overtime. It's the kind of plays like that that win Stanley Cups. So we shall see. Game number two is Wednesday night. I am lucky enough to have been invited to two games this series, one at home, game four, and one in Vegas, game five, if necessary. I'm now thinking, just please get to a game five. I know, it sounds like it's just one game, relax. Hey, wait until you hear the numbers. Losing the first game is very bad. Very bad. In the Stanley Cup Finals. Or Final. I gotta find out, why do they call it the Stanley Cup Final? Instead of Finals. Okay, whatever. Alright, let's bring on Drew Olson from the Big 920 in Milwaukee. He is going to tell us about something I never knew existed, a Reddit sub-thread on power-washing porn? This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Good day and welcome to our single. I'm Bob McKenzie and this is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? You got no stories? How about the story of you power washing your patio over the weekend? Uh, For those that don't know, Drew Olson sent me photos of power washing porn and asked the question, is it as good as landscaping or yard porn? How long did it take you to, to blast that scunge off of your, your uh, patio? About a 90 minutes. 90 minutes? A- hour, hour to 90 minutes. Yeah. 90 minutes, and you got probably, what, a 8-foot by 10-foot section done? And the photo you sent me, you still had another section to go. It, at oh, least. I had more than half of the patio to go. Oh, like my patio. God. But it was it, it's a um, there's a whole Reddit subthread for power washing porn. There is? Yes, and it's amazing to a watch. A Reddit subthread for power washing yes. porn. Meaning before and after, like yeah, or oh, be- during, like videos. During. Oh, like time lapse. It's fa- no, no, like real time. It's freaking incredible. What kind of weird ass fetish is that? I'm gonna watch video of somebody power washing something of theirs. Yeah, the okay. people do it. They share videos. I gotta so, find this. So, so do you own your power washer or did you I, rent? I borrowed it from my father. Oh, he owns you it. borrowed it, didn't yes. it? Better, better than renting. Better than owning. Absolutely, it. absolutely. Okay. All right, and that scunge that you blasted off of your white concrete patio had accumulated over how many years? Probably about two since I did it last. Just two years? Yeah. Interesting. But I have two dogs, and uh, they track mud on that thing, and I'm pissed because they've already muddied it up. Of course they have. And it's like, oh, my God, what the hell? Okay. Yes, uh, the Reddit thread is called Power Washing Porn. And now, for those of you looking for NSFW or a way to, for titillation, no, it's all about people power washing. It's before and after photos and videos and people talking about, oh, I got a Craftsman 2900 PSI power washer for free because it was dead and I put a new carburetor on it. And um, this there's a, there's a guy, like the fourth one in is my parents' cottage deck power washed for the first time in 30 years. Wow. And you watch time-lapse videos and it's... 
Dude, it's it's a thing, man. All right, so there's power washing concrete to blast off the sconge. There's yes. power washing decks to similarly blast off accumulation. Yeah. There's power washing siding to help get sconge off of your aluminum siding. I, I did some of that, although I have vinyl siding, but I did some of that this weekend as well. Oh, yeah, a, a, I'm sorry, vinyl, not aluminum. I, who has aluminum siding now anymore? Nobody, Nobody. right? That's something Nobody. in the 70s. Yeah. Did you feel good afterwards? I felt fantastic. You did? Yeah. You felt like you had accomplished something, huh? Yeah. And you didn't feel this sense of, why am I wasting my fucking time doing this? No. You didn't it was, think that. It was really nice outside. It was good to be outside. It felt like, you know, <laughs> sweat equity. It wasn't bad. It was, See, it, that was the thing. Because I had the exact opposite over the weekend uh, where uh, my wife and I did some landscaping of a little area by uh, in the corner behind our house where there's a little pond, a little bench, and some, you know, it's not, I don't think, that much to do. But it was so hot, so quickly in the morning on Saturday. It was like July here uh, over the weekend. And I had to chip away at it, did a couple hours, was not feeling very good. I had to you know, give it two hours on Saturday, another hour on Sunday, another hour on Monday to finally kind of finish off the basics of it. And all I could think about the entire time, Drew, was when can I sell this fucking house? When can I move into a one-bedroom apartment? I am not kidding. I thought that the uh, entire time. And I started thinking about all the money I've spent on mulch. Mulch of all things. Oh, God. How many yards? Thousands you get? of dollars oh. on mulch over a span of 10 years, probably $300 a year. Yep. Three grand. If I'd taken that three grand, put it in the bank, and just let it sit there, not only would I have avoided the time I had spent spreading it around, but that money would grow and I could use it for something nice like a vacation. Nah, mulching, terrible. Wow. When I was growing up, I had a buddy whose um, family was, you know, his father was very successful and they were very wealthy. And his father used to spend from sunup to sundown Saturday and Sundays after grinding out, you know, the Penske file or whatever he did at his job. He was a CEO, you know. C-level, whatever, like just a, a highfalutin guy at a C-suite, company. C-suite, as they C-suite. call it. C-suite. Yes. Yeah, he, he had a suite. CFO, yeah, he was, CEO. He was at that level. COO. And that bastard worked sun up to sundown on his yard, doing everything himself, basically cutting his lawn with the scissors. Oh, my God. Delivering Maltron. It's like, dude, you could hire a couple of guys in a truck, and, they'd be, and you could just I sit know. and have a gin and tonic on your deck and sit by the pool. He built a pool for his family, and it was landscape immaculate. He never went in it. <laughs> he, he, that's what he did. But as it turned out, that I found out later, that was his release. That's what he did to get away from the pressures of his job. You know what? It was mindless. It was numbing. There's something Zen like you know about cutting the grass in a Forrest Gump way. I know. But guess what? But Because I, I, I'm, I'm in your boat. My daughter graduates from high school a year from now, and I can't wait to sell that pig because why do I ever want to do that stuff? And it's yeah. not something I'm going to miss. Yeah. Guess what? I'm over it, bro. Yeah. I am over it. Not only that, but as I'm mowing the grass and it starts to rain and I'm powering through the rain, I'm like, this is going to let up here. <laughs> it's got to happen. A, it's just a passing shower. Uh, the last little section of lawn that I powered through in the rain, the grass shoots or the, the grass, uh, the clippings clumped more. Like yeah. I can now see it. I'm like, yep, that's the section of the property where it started raining. So the little bit of moisture caused the grass to clump more uh-huh. instead of... <laughs> spread out nicely when it's nice and dry and it looks like shit and now i'm up here by the house where i've spent thousands of dollars on true green and on on chemicals that i have purchased and there's clover 
There's clover in my nice grass right off of my oh. my porch. There are weeds here. It is it it's one it's such a waste of money. God, why? You, all right, why so, am I doing this? And I used to think like that old man did. Well, hard work is his own reward. You can look back and say, "Aren't I satisfied?" And this is my release and my mental peace of quiet time. Oh no, there's other things you can do that are mentally yeah. quieting. I should be playing golf for God's sakes. To to maintain your your property at the level you'd like to maintain it. Let's ballpark it. I would say it would be a fifteen to twenty hour a week job minimum. Okay, let's see. Cutting the grass. Cutting the grass is four hours a week, and weeding and tending to the beds and trimming the bushes and whatnot is another three to four hours per week. Now that's a lot for one. I mean, that's any deck maintenance. Walking around like you just mentioned the clover. Walking around with that sprayer with the little weed and feed mixture. Yeah. Spray. Yeah. I mean, in theory, it's fifteen hours. In theory, I could do it if I spend one hour every single day on my property. One hour every single day, seven hours a day. Or seven hours a week. It, but you're right. And then it rains. You get backed and up. Then, and you're busy. And you get backed up. And, and you go and on then vacation. Add in, and you get backed up. Add in the occasionals, like power washing anything, or uh, you know, cleaning the siding, or just the bucket list, punch list stuff that you walk around. You walk around your house, you can find nine million things you got to fix. Yeah. We, had a, we have a, a row of uh, boxwoods that has grown. They've grown like crazy. They're really good size. And they could be, if we were good at it, they could be formed into a very nice square hedge. That oh, yeah. frames in the garden. But as uh, we found out, uh, you know, just hedge trimming is such a pain in the ass because you have to be very steady, like, okay, don't gouge the bush too much. Make yep. sure it's even. Are they level? You got to get up close to it. And then once all the clippings fall off, you got to get a rake. You got to knock them yeah. out of the bush. You got to scoop the, them up as much as you can. You, you lose the have... shape. You got to go from the bottom up. And if it's uh, thick in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then yes. you stand back and look at it like, Oh yeah, that doesn't look good at all. The fuck, and then, and then you become like the drunk barber, like you got. Oh, I cut like, too much on, off there. I got to even it out. Oh, got to even it out on the other side. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course I did the ultimate hedge trimming thing, which was to get the electric cord tangled into the teeth of the hedge trimmer. Oh. And I cut it into, and immediately broke the circuit, and I can't find which circuit now works the plugs, so I had to plug it into a different outlet just to finish, and that is now on the list of find out which circuit went out when you oh. uh, when you cut through the cord. What a drag. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, as far as your clumping, because so, we've had this issue yeah. with the lawns, you know, with the, and I, I just, I've been watching groundskeepers at Major League Parks for much of my adult life, you know, believe it or not. I get there early, and then I'm, I, I, I happen to be there late while they're, uh, the soundtrack of my life is the tamping of the mound and home plate while okay. you're trying to write a game story, and they got the tamper out, and they're redoing home plate and reconstructing the mound and filling in the holes and everything. But I, I watched my dad this weekend. He had some clumping because it's been hard here with the rain. It's hard to pick. you got to pick a perfect spot to cut the grass, and you got a hay field. Takes his leaf blower out and just blows the clippings around. Why? And feeds the lawn because then you don't have to rake them up or bag them or anything because it's just, we have so but many. But that's more work, though. But it's more work, but it feeds the lawn and it breaks up those clumps that you have. You like to let the clumps dry out and then just blow them around. And okay. it's just, it, you know, I'm telling you, man, Whew. that was a key. I, n- I never thought of that. I've seen it done and I never thought to do it at my house. With that said, we move on to sports. Not a sports fan, huh? Okay, everybody. <laughs> Drew Olson joining us today on the Zabecast from the Big 920. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Let's start with the NBA Finals. Now set, Golden State versus Cleveland. 
Roman numeral number four. You might have heard me this morning with the boys on Bob and Brian. I asked, is there a single movie franchise in which the fourth installment is the best installment of the movie franchise? I heard your suggestion was Rocky Four. Rocky Four is Pretty the only solid. one I think that can come close. And I really loved Rocky Four because it had a dramatic turn with Apollo Creed getting killed yeah. by Drago early in the movie. And yeah, the cool-ass was... training sequence where he's in Russia with nothing but logs and a snow-bound cabin. And Drago's there with all the high-tech Russian machinery and the computers and whatnot. And the steroids. And the steroids and the human growth hormone and everything else. Yeah. Uh, then there's been a bunch more after that. Can you think of any movie in which the fourth one has been the best one? No. Uh, other than that, I can't think of any. Most franchises don't go to four. Except for the bad ones that are just money machines. There's a Toy Story 4 Lord coming of the out. Rings. Toy Story 4 is in production, I think. And is that, I like that really? franchise. Yes. Okay. So is there any hope for this Warriors Cavaliers 4 being the best of the bunch? No. Because? It's LeBron, a mismatch. It's a mismatch. LeBron has taken the Cavs further than anybody thought that he could have or should have, and they'll peter out. They'll they'll run out of gas, and it'll add fuel to the fire of the LeBron haters who say, see, he choked again. Yeah, who's going to say that, though? Honestly. Well, not anybody intelligent. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> but you would have trolls, to be a moron to say that. Yeah, the trolls will say that. And that's what we've come to. And so part of me is, all right, this is, you know, fourth in a row. It's historic. It's never happened in any sport. And that, that's kind of cool. And I want to see what happens. And then part of me is like, Ugh, this whole thing was just a waste of time. Because if you'd asked me in October, who's going to be in nap, the finals? I'm, like, let's just. So everything that happened is inconsequential. The serious price is ridiculous. To bet on the Warriors to win the series, you have to bet one to ten. So in other words, you got to have $1,000 to win 100 if you want the Warriors to win the series. Yeah, insane. Game one is 12. Warriors are minus 12. There's, there's value to be had in maybe betting a few of these games as one-off games regarding the point spread because some of these spreads have been seriously whacked and wrong. Although you would have thought like in game six, right, the Rockets are 13-point underdogs on the road without CP3. <laughs> and they are up 17 at one point. If you weren't at that point just going, money, 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 stacks of cheddar. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm up 30 right now. They end up losing, going away, and the Warriors cover the spread. Unbelievable. One of the things I think, though, this it, it's this is the LeBron referendum again. You know, a super team against LeBron and people. People, LeBron is like a little bit like our nation's uh, the, the political argument. People have made up their mind. No one's changing their minds about LeBron. It's it's if they are, it's a very slow bleed. I think LeBron will be retired and people will change their mind about him then. Well, my thing was I never didn't think he was a great player. I just he was not to my taste. He was never to my taste. He was mm-hmm. more immature, but he's getting a little better. And a little better all the time. And I've come to appreciate, Drew, how well he has handled himself by being in the spotlight 24-7, 365, for year after year after year after year after year. Do you know how many media availabilities he has to do every single season? Ridiculous. Face of the league, face of the franchise, face of everything. After the game, off days. Any road Travel days, all-star games. This, that, the other. And occasionally he'll say something that makes you kind of roll your eyes just a bit. But that's pretty much it. He doesn't yeah. snap at reporters. He doesn't get into fights with guys. And you can say, well, what, you want a cookie? You're not supposed to do that. 
it's hard when you're dealing with the same yeah. media hounds every single day. What what gets me is after watching this series, after, after watching the uh, Western side of the bracket, is that people ascribe because he hasn't because he's not Michael Jordan and he's not six and zero in the finals. Uh, people, some people cast upon him the 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 scorn and the the shame that probably should be cast on James Harden, like LeBron oh. and James Harden. It's like ineffectual in the big games and can't come through and can't carry his team. Okay, James Harden, we can have that discussion. LeBron, we can't because the thing- the, he spoiled us with these forty point they triple doubles like. It's like you don't even you're not even flabbergasted at how amazing that is in these big games, like game seven playing every minute and having a forty, fifteen and ten game. Like, come on. The LeBron haters would have loved for loved for for a LeBron to have had a Terry Rozier like game where he was 0 for twelve from three. So they could they go, ha ha, see, I told you he'd choke, he's yeah. not clutch, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? He makes forty point games so routine that the over under drew on LeBron James' point scored Game 7 prior to the game, the Vegas over-under was 39 and a half. Good God! And he didn't quite go so over good. it. It was 35 points, but it would have been had they needed him to score 40. That, to me, is insane. So, yeah, the Harden thing, look. I, Harden is a great... He's like the, the bearded Dominique Wilkins. He is a prolific scorer on a super volume three-point shooting team. And that's great. But for anyone who argues he's the MVP, he had the best season, put LeBron next to James Harden and say, who's the better player? It's not even close. And I hate to be Drew, the not even close guy. Not even close. (laughs) The not even close guy. Wasn't that your fuck that guy? Yeah. Or whose fuck that guy was the not even close guy? That might have been Murray's last week. Do you remember your FTG um, for last week? No, hell, if, I don't, right, I don't you, remember yesterday. Okay, if it wasn't <laughs> you, then you would have remembered. It wasn't it. me. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, me. Someone else said that the fuck that guy is the not even close guy. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Murray. I think no, because one of my fuck that guys is why is this even a question guy? Okay, and when you throw something out on Twitter, like why is this even a question? Like <laughs> we're having a debate about it. Fuck so, you. So speaking of reporters, this is great. Uh, Gerald Green when asked to describe how he is feeling after the Game 7 loss uh, for the Boston Celtics, said, heartbroken. The reporter then weirdly asked if he could answer in more than just one word, and Green responded, heart broken. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> what do you feel, how do you feel about reporters who pretty much beg the athlete to do their job for him, which is to fill up their notebook and fill up their recorder. Well, we have a person, I have a personal peccadillo with anybody who launches into a question said, could you talk about? Yeah. Could you talk about it? How does it feel? Could you talk about their defense? Like, can you, could you ask a question? Like any young journalist, I tell them to avoid that. Like the plague, just don't ever talk about it. Could you talk about, about talk about how you came out in the third quarter there, coach? Yeah, form it in a question. It's not that hard. It's your job. Right. And then if you're asking that and, question to Popovich, he will snarkily ignore you and try to belittle you, which I also think is bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, good. I mean, good questions elicit more than one-word answers. Yeah. How could you describe yourself? Heartbroken. Uh, more than one word? Uh, heart? Broken. Fucking stop. heartbroken. How's that? That's what he should have said. <laughs> heart stomped and broken. And how about the 27 straight missed threes by the Rockets? A new! Oh, NBA record. 
A team, according to various people on Twitter, and I'm not sure if this math plays out because I'm not good at math, but they said as a 36% shooting team, to miss 27 straight threes is the equivalent of like 1 in 180,000 or less than a one-tenth of 1% chance. It's statistically off the charts so almost. So what you're saying is if there are 18,000 people in the arena and we line everybody up and everybody gets to shoot a three, we wouldn't go 0 for 27. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Not tw- somebody, you, know, you, would not hit, you would not miss 27 in a row. Somebody would hit. Somebody who plays or somebody who right. get lucky. Including old ladies, kids who can't even lift the ball to the rim. Exactly. Uh, dudes that have never played and, basketball. And we, we line them up in random order. So that it's not like twenty seven grannies who are there from the uh, you know the, the senior center at Mill Valley or something, but no, it's like it's somebody would hit a three within twenty seven shots. Yes, and then it restarts the clock, and then just uh, all we're counting is misses. That's what that that's what that tells me. Is it though? I'm not sure if that math works out actually. What a one and eighteen. Uh, I I just I just think that's I would take that bet though. Twenty seven in a row. So twenty seven randos. Yeah, out of the crowd, and it do we, could do we be... make it a corner three because that's the easier one, or no? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Let people have the whole backboard to bank. Uh, the corner, the three, shorter three, the corner three. It's shorter. I don't like it from a visual standpoint as much. Like I think the corner three is kind of harder because of the way you're coming at the rim. I, I know the rim is the same, but without that backboard for there, non-shooters, yes. Are you better at corner threes or straightaway threes? Uh, straightaway threes because, and this is a theory of mine. Um, my driveway was long. I, my driveway uh, growing up didn't uh, didn't I didn't have corners. Okay. <laughs> it was I had like an extended lane, so I'm good from straight on. <laughs> so is it good for the NBA or bad for the NBA that a team that relied on threes missed 27 in a row to get bounced in Game Seven? Well, didn't the didn't the Warriors rely on threes too? Yeah, that's how they not, got back in. Like Steph Curry hit. The, they so. did, but not as much as not as much as uh, Houston. Daryl Morey's whole plan was we're going to bury everyone with threes, and we're not going to be shy about it. Forty threes a night, and that's how we're going to play. Statistically, it's the best way to play. Well, I guess that that game would be the. It's not necessarily an outlier. It, it is an outlier that game and that performance, but they just had it at the worst possible time. They could have had that in a, on a Tuesday in December. Yeah, I think and they, they had should. it in Game Seven of the Finals. I was thinking, Drew, that maybe if they move the three-point line back, so that it expires on the sidelines at around the free throw line, so you no longer have corner threes, Ooh. and make a three-pointer not twenty-three feet nine inches, but almost twenty-seven feet nine inches, so that it really is a desperation shot that is not part of the game. And on all those dribble drives where there's kickouts to shooters for open threes, that's going to change dramatically because there'll be no benefit to being that far out in the corners and therefore help defense will be better on drivers. That's an interesting theory. I don't know if it'll make and the game any better. So I would we, just love to do see... Do we widen the lane too? Yeah, that would help, but then you got to start calling three seconds. Yeah, which no, I don't nobody think likes NBA that. Referees do. Yeah. I, I I do like this though from uh, Jason Gay on Twitter. Writes for the Wall Street Journal. He says this ah. is this will this will be the first Warriors Cavaliers NBA Finals since 2017, and only the fourth since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite 
trolling since stats. A since stat and only stat. Whenever you 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 know pimp an only stat and it's not really very special, like this is only the fourth time in X number of years, and you, you read it and you go, why did you say only? Like, that's not rare. He actually went the other way. First since and only the fourth since 2015. That's pretty funny. Jason Gay, a University of Wisconsin grad. Is he really? Indeed. All right. Very good. Uh, before we get to uh, fuck that guy, uh, your thoughts on the Stanley Cup Finals? Are you watching at all? I know that you grew up I, in Milwaukee and you're not a huge hockey fan. I watched it more than my daughter's a huge hockey fan. I watched ah. it more than I watched the NBA game. It was fantastic. Okay. That and, NBA game was a slog. <laughs> all right. What'd you think of the uh, hockey game? I thought it was spectacular uh, action. A great. It set a great tone for the series. And I thought your Capitals acquitted themselves quite well in a game one on the road. Set a record for. Most lead changes in a Stanley Cup Finals game with four. Pretty good there. You don't get a lot of lead changes. This was. It was one nothing, one one, two one, two two, three two, three three, four three caps, four four, and then five four, and then finally the empty netter. I've I've discovered I, I have a way for the NHL to boost their ratings because everybody always says, Well, playoff hockey is so awesome. There's okay. nothing better than playoff hockey, right? Yeah. It's Doc Emmerich, man. He's just got to do every fucking game they play, and the ratings will be good because he's so spectacular. He, he really is good. I and mean, he makes it so good. He's so excellent. There's, I mean, uh, Vince Scully was the master of baseball and maybe all sports, but nobody's better at their sport than Mike Emmerich. So with my team in the finals, I didn't think I'd be going to any games. And I wasn't that heartbroken about it because I have become a creature and someone who likes being presented with the game on TV. You get all the commentary, all the replay angles. You don't have to leave your house. No line for the bathroom. You can wear whatever clothes you want. The temperature is just fine. So I had no plans on going to any of the games. And then I had two different listeners step up and say, you got to come to this game. You got to come to this game. So I am scheduled, Drew, to go to game four at home with a listener, Dan Purcell, who is an attorney in upstate New York, listened to my show for many years. He has really good tickets, like second row down in the corner. And then game five, if necessary, in Las Vegas, courtesy Peter Bartell, who's a big listener and fan of Bob and Brian and a big donator to the Mac Fund charity and all the golf outings and everything else. Not too shabby, wow. huh? Not too shabby. Unless there's a sweep. Oh. Yeah, that would be rough. <laughs> Unless there's a sweep. And then, then you get what? to see then you get to see your team bow out. <laughs> So, and then not go to Vegas. I've got a non-refundable ticket to Las Vegas for three days for Game 5. I'm going Wednesday. Game Ooh. 5 is Thursday. I'm staying to do the show on Friday because I've got to be on the air. That's why I couldn't come back. And then I'm coming back leisurely uh, late morning on Saturday. It's a spectacular getaway. For that, I mean, you need the Caps to win a game. That's just... that's. I know. And I think, there's, I think there's a decent chance that they will, but you never know. And here's the tough thing. I went to your favorite site that you turned me on to. Yeah. Whowins.com. Curse you, Drew Olson, for sending me to that <laughs> site. Because here's the numbers. Winning game one in the Stanley Cup final, home or away, the winning team wins 78% of the series. Winning game one in the NHL final at home, the winning team wins the cup 85% of the time. So that's a case of, hey, if you're the better team, 
and you hold serve in game one at your building, you're really probably going to win the cup. So already, my Capitals are at a 15% historical chance of winning the cup now after one game. And and because of that, uh, I then went to game two and I said, okay, well, let's. How much of game two is a must win now for my Capitals? Well, thanks to whowins.com, you jerk, Drew, for showing me that. <laughs> uh, teams that go up 2 nothing at home in the Stanley Cup final are 38 and 3, hoisting the cup all time. That is a 94% play. I didn't know it was 94%. I would have guessed 78% or something like that. 94% chance of the Capitals don't win game two on Wednesday night. And we might be without Tom Wilson, depending on what the league does, suspension or not suspension. Tight spot. I curse you, Drew Olson. Why did you ever send me to this website? That deems to predict the future. I it's hate all, you. It's all about facts. But there's outliers, man. I mean, come on. Capitals are 9-9 nine and nine when trailing one nothing in a best of seven in game two. 9-9. Nine and 9-9. Nine. Nine and nine. So you're saying yeah. it's a coin flip, basically. I mean, no, that's a series record of 9-9. Nine and nine. They're 10-8 and eight in game two. So there you, uh, you have a winning that's record. All, that's all series, though. That is all not... series. Not the finals. <laughs> not the finals, which are a, a slightly different beast, don't you think? Uh, slightly, yeah. Okay. But no, it's going to play out. You how'd guys you like, have a chance. How'd, how'd you like the intro? Was that cool, lame, cheesy, <sighs> oh, man. too long? Too freaking long. Okay. It's, I'm, I'm anti-intros. I'm, I'm anti a lot of... It's just they're all too long. High school teams now have smoke machines and too much <laughs> yelling. and Go back and everybody gets all tingly about Michael Jordan. Go back and listen to that Alan Parsons Project song and watch those intros. They weren't long and overwrought. They just had the song and it was exciting, but it wasn't like a five minute production. No, it's probably a minute and a half, something like that. I yeah. think the total running time of the Vegas one was easily five minutes. Yeah. It just wasn't was... very good either. For those that defend it, like get some people who can skate. What the fuck? Yeah, the skaters were <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> and the whole skit was terrible. It, if if people say, But it's Vegas, man, it's what they do, and I'm like, Yeah, if they made you pay for a show like that, it'd be out of business in a week. Like, hey, I went to this really bad medieval times show in Vegas. When you're in Vegas, you better be blown away. They've got a lot of talented, uh, you know, entertainers there that could do something. You know, get Cirque du Soleil to do some crazy stunt on a wire over the rink. Then we're talking. Not a guy who's not very good at skating in a stupid knight costume. Okay, anything to add? Uh, do we feel like we should talk baseball just a little bit, Drew, since you are here and you are my baseball guy? Um, proud to be your baseball guy. Well, the Milwaukee Brewers right here in my town are red hot. Scorching. First place, soaring Brewers at Memorial Day, which, all right, that's the first time I tell people, like, don't even bother looking at the standings till Memorial Day. And even then, just look at them, give them a cursory glance. glance and then, yeah. And then, like, all-star break, you can start, you know, playing that game how's the vibe in town uh people are digging them the brewers big time digging them right big time and the fact that oh here here all you need to know is that uh the packers had their otas their organized team marketing activities yes otmas it, it wasn't the lead story it, wow. it was buried it was buried it was a you know wow. the brewers have gotten people well the bucks also hired a coach like during the, about the same time so they were pushed down and that's that's uh, rare did you hire becky parts. hammond uh no she did not get the job. Did she get an interview? She did. 
Did you cape up and say she was wrongfully denied the job? Uh, I did not because I <laughs> was not. I, I was on the anti-assistant train. My friend, a friend on, of mine, man. Gary D'Amato, columnist for the Journal Sentinel, really great guy, wrote a column saying it wasn't the right time for her, and he got crushed as a sexist. And really, was, oh god, really? Yeah. So just by saying it's not the right time, he got crushed. Yeah, he got crushed. Yeah. For saying what most people thought. I mean, I wanted someone who's called a timeout and taken a team and won a playoff series because the Bucks are that further along on their evolutionary curve. Yeah. Well, that, the, the the righteous the, the righteous know no uh no small slight that they must not pounce on and demolish and go crazy about. Like how dare you say that? The how dare you's in society today, they are out of control. They are. Yeah. Tus- tusking and getting pissed on the internet is yeah. the national pastime. All right. And, and any thoughts on Robbie Cano's suspension? Uh, that'll that'll be an interesting case because he was, you know, uh, people were saying he was a Hall of Fame track guy. Do you still have a Hall of Fame vote? I do. And your thoughts on that? Well, it's funny because the, there are people who cheated and used steroids in the Hall of Fame as we speak, right? Okay. And there are others who can't get in or won't get in. The Bonds-Clemens thing, I, I keep thinking that's going to crack and that as the electorate gets younger, guys like that will get in. But I wonder, guys who've been suspended are a special case. Like Bonds, never failed a test, never suspended. Clemens, those guys. So that puts them, it's almost like there's going to be a, a parsing of the, the the cheats and then the actual caught. Ryan Braun in my town is another guy that he's not going to get to the numbers, but if he were... He was caught and suspended. So can you vote for a guy who's caught and suspended? Because I vote for Bonds and Clemens and all those guys. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be an interesting case when they come up. Funny how he went to the Dominican to get treated by a doctor who he said didn't know what he was doing, and that's why, oops, I got a substance that was banned. Yeah. With all the doctors you could have right here in the good old U.S. of A., including doctors who've probably been vetted by Major League Baseball or by WADA or by any other organization that understands perhaps the complexities or nuances of anti-doping testing and whatnot. Nah, just go to Dominican and go get some treatment. That's true. Hey, kudos, though. We're going to rip steroid guys and stuff. Kudos to uh, Wellington Castillo of the White Sox. Because? He got an 80-game suspension last week, tested positive for the performance enhancer, and he just owned it. He just said, I made a mistake. I, 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 I'm sorry. He, he absolutely I made a mistake or I got it. caught. No, no. He, he just said, I, I made a bad decision. Okay. I was, and only I made it, and it was, uh, it was me, and I apologized to everybody, and I'll sit out my suspension and shut up, and I'll come back and help the team win. He okay. owned it. Like that was like it was a rare. Oh, it wasn't the dog ate my homework, or you know, what do you mean? I bought it at GNC. <laughs> yeah. All right. Enough positivity, Drew. Let's get to fuck that guy for the week, shall we? Oh yeah. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right. What guy, either a real guy or a real gal, or prototype amalgamation guy or gal, deserves to be told to just go fuck themselves because we're tired of them? Drew? Mine is a relay race, and I can't believe I'm going to include it because I really, really like the guy. But it would be Ernie Johnson and whoever the producer is that had him do the trophy presentation last night. Okay. 
these producers are trying to hook the audience, and we're going to do the pro- trophy. Is there? Can you? Do you know what the Eastern and Western Conference champ, uh, championship trophies look like? In the do you care? They're Does anybody big gold basketballs? Apparently, like who cares? Right? You know what they're named after? I don't. All right, you keep talking. I'll look it up. All right. So what happened last night after the game? And Doris Burke did it with the Cavs, I think, and that right. was fine. And I'm, I'm not going to rip anybody because that's a tough gig to do those podium interviews when Wait, someone they just that won. Guy. You're supposed to rip somebody. Well, but I want to rip whoever thought, like, Ernie Johnson, that's not his role, like, to interact and to interview. He's the studio guy. Yeah. But this was their last broadcast of the year, and, like, we got to have Ernie because we got to, you know, roll out the big guns. And someone made that decision rather than having, like, someone who was, you know, the game broadcast. And I do hate, okay, the whole idea, like, a lot of times when Terry Bradshaw's doing it, it's fucking embarrassing. Like this, that decision. Although I don't care about the trophy and, and the interviews at the podium, I just a modicum of professionalism. Now Ernie Johnson's professional. At least he was until he decided to drag Swaggy P out and ask him about his two point contribution yeah. and what it was like for him to go to the finals. Well, like, okay, go Zaza Pachulia is going to the finals too. Like, go ask him. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would least, seem. At least Swaggy P had the good sense to go. Man, I, I don't really want to talk right now. I just want to turn up. He yeah. said. Then that was the turn moment. Up and, and I'm chill like, out. you're kind of interrupting my moment see, right now. But this is what so spun who's your me fuck onto that it. guy then? Well, my, that's what spun me onto it. Is like, okay, why is Ernie Johnson inter- interviewing Swaggy P? And then why is Ernie Johnson even there? So somewhere above Ernie Johnson, there's someone I want to say, fuck that guy. Do you want to fuck Ernie Johnson? Not necessarily. He just made the bad left turn, but someone else put the car in motion. All right, you got to pick a, a guy. All right, so and you got to declare fuck all right, that guy. The producer of the post game, whoever it was on TNT, the producer of the who, whoever orchestrated guy, the idea that Ernie that would guy, leave his his po- his studio table on the court right, uh, right, court right, side. Right. We're running out of time, Drew. That all guy. Right, that guy. The executive producer, whoever told him to do that. I don't know his fucking name. You got to say the line. Oh, fuck that guy. Thank you. <laughs> that was not your best effort. That was like pulling teeth today. I needed dream. coaching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My fuck that guy is everybody who says, if you can't root for LeBron James now, there's something wrong with you. Well, he's not on my team, so it's easy to not to root for him. It's the lecture you about how great LeBron is and how deficient you are if you don't love him guy. To him, I say, fuck that guy. Drew, listen to your show on the iHeartRadio app on oh, the Big 920. And also follow Drew on Twitter at... Drew Olson, MKE. All right, brother. Uh, good luck with the rest of the power washing. Oh, and man, we'll... I'm having fun with that thing. I might not give it back to the old man for a while. Let's end on this today. Amy Schumer, who you know as a comedian of modestly decent looks. Some would say, no, not even. A comedian of modestly funny material. Some would say, uh, no, not even. An actress who has produced two or three modestly decent or watchable movies. Some would say, uh, no, not even close. Has now been given a podcast deal from Spotify. The streaming service that I proudly use and I think I've bragged about before. That Spotify is just wonderful. The sound quality the pristineness of their digital streams, the robustness of the file that they send down the line is just superior to anything I've ever listened to. And their interface could be a bit better, but I just love having Spotify because I can look up basically any song at any time. I see people's playlists of, hey, if you like this, how about this for a playlist? The computer itself, the algorithm, 
will, once you've played your playlist of songs, you're like, I like this song, this song, this song, this song. If it ends, it doesn't end. The computer just jumps in and goes, well, if you like those, here's some more you're probably going to like. And you start listening and you go, ooh, like. I I like that. Ooh, who's this? Like that song. It's wonderful. That said, I don't know what Spotify is going to get out of this, but I guess they're going to get something. A million-dollar podcast deal for Amy Schumer. million dollars to do a podcast. I did not even read past the headline. Uh, The subhead said, what does it mean for podcasters and what does it mean for the industry as a whole? I couldn't read it because I don't, I don't want to think about that. As you know, uh, this lovely Zabe cast, only a tender five months old, it'll turn five come Friday, uh, is currently making a little less than a million dollars for myself and for Drew and for everybody else. I think, uh, let's see here. Oh, that's right. We are minus $75 a month. Minus 75 so times five, I have now lost, uh, and I'm not great at math, but uh, 75, that's uh, $375. I'm down. I'm in the hole, 375 on this podcast. But we're going to turn it around. Don't you worry. We're going to find ways to do this, and I appreciate people saying, say, just get some advertisers. You've got enough listeners. Get a few ads. Read them live inside the podcast. This is how we listen to podcasts, and we'll still support you. Don't worry about it. Or some have said, go Patreon. Patreon's a good way to go, uh, you know what, I don't have time to sell ads, I just want to do these shows and content, and you people out there, you know, be a sponsor of the show. Chip in. Pass the hat around. Okay, we could do that. Will it get me to a million dollars a year? No. But good for Amy Schumer. I mean, yeah, great. I'm sure her podcast will be spectacular. I'm sure she'll talk about being overweight and slutty and sleeping with dudes, even though she's married now. And she'll maybe talk about Hollywood and who knows what else. I know this. It's not bad for the industry as a whole. And it's not bad for all of us. I, I believe in a rising tide lifts all boats. That the legitimacy and the popularity of listening to the shows you want to listen to and the podcasts you like and the entertainers and the personalities that are your favorites, when you want, how you want, I, I do believe it's not going to replace radio, but it is not going to go away. I believe that this medium is like Netflix for your ears. That these episodes should be and could be and often are bingeable one after another after another. That's why I struggle with how much current sports should I do because the result of that Game 1 Caps game, you know, if you listen to this podcast a week from now, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, Uh, six, four nights. I knew that a week ago. Why do I care about your thoughts of it? Already, Tom Wilson's been suspended. The Capitals have won the next three games anyway, and now it's Game 7. Why am I listening to you talk about Game 1? So I wrestle with that. But overall, good for Amy Schumer, I guess. And if her podcast is any good, let me know. Let me know. Maybe I'll take a listen. That'll be a wrap for me today. You know the drill. Tell two friends that there is this cool thing called podcast, and they should be downloading mine. Leave a positive review and a positive rating. Those apparently matter more than they should. Download, subscribe at all the major outlets, including iTunes, Google Play, and more. And always remember, you're the best driver in the world. It's everybody else out there that are complete and utter idiots. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.